Well, it's funny how the Holy Spirit works because it's about 75, 75% of my sermon's been preached already. So you guys go ahead and go. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm, I'm pretty loud. Is my voice loud? Is, it, is my voice really loud or is it okay? Okay. Uh, Lena, I'm in control. No, just so you know. I have control. So, surprise, surprise. The thing that God, we were just talking about, that God wants to glorify our nation. He also wants to glorify our city. Surprise, surprise, that's what I'm going to talk about today. (laughs) This is what I do. It's the only thing that I know and believe and have full, my full heart is in it. I'm going to be talking about our grand city today and our role in it as new life and our role in seeing her glorified, our grand, grand city. So why don't you turn with me to Revelation 19.10. This is going to be the start. This is the foundation of everything that we're going to do here. Well, I can't see it. I have to read it from up here. I thought it was going to come up on my thing. Oh, well. All right. So the angel is speaking to John, and, and the angel shows up in John in Revelation 19. He falls to his knees, and, says, and, then the, and he says, Then I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, Do not do that. I am a fellow servant of yours, and your brethren who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's what we're here to talk about today. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What Jesus accomplished at the cross set the tone for eternity and set the tone for our entire lives in this kingdom. Um, When he declared it is finished, he prophesied from that moment into eternity. And the veil was torn, and I believe that what happened when the veil was torn was that he he opened the gap between eternity and our current time, if that makes any sense to you. I just really... He opened up the door for the kingdom to be be able to come down upon earth. Um, and I was just thinking of all the things that we've seen. Just us as a new life, kind of what was kind of cool. Mom was talking about all the buildings we've been in, because I'll be talking a little bit about that later. But with all the things that we've seen, we've seen bodies healed at his name. We've seen demons cast out at his name. Really good at that one. We've seen tongues loose to speak with the voice of the Holy Spirit. We're really good at that one too. We were just doing it. It was awesome during worship. I just stopped playing so I could hear you guys. It was really good. His manifest presence is always among us. It's always here. He always shows up. This is just the stuff that we get to experience, right? And... The miracle of our own personal salvation. That's one of the ones that we forget that's actually a miracle sometimes. That Jesus, when we spoke his name and said, I believe in you, he came into our lives. That's a miracle, man. That's a real life miracle that he cares enough about us to come dwell upon, like dwell within us. And so when we see all these things, When all these things happen, we've seen bodies healed, demons cast out, tongues loosed, manifest present among us in the miracle of our own salvation. One of the things that we say is we say, do it again. Jesus spoke, it is finished, and we say, do it again. Do you see what that is? 
The, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. We see Jesus say, it is finished. And all those great things that we just talked about, bodies healed, tongues loosed, all those things, we say, do it again. That's the spirit of prophecy. It's a pretty cool idea. Um, the words, it is finished, were essentially a promise to us. I had to write this one down because it was too good. I didn't want to mess it up when I said it. The words, it is finished, were essentially a promise to us. Whatever we have needed in the past, whatever we need now, or whatever we will need in the future to fulfill the goals and destiny that God has planned for you and I in his kingdom, were fulfilled in that moment. When he said it is finished, anything that you've needed, anything that you will need, anything that you need right now, it was all done. It's done. And all we got to do is ask. He talks about that too in the Bible. All you got to do is ask. Ask in my name and it'll be done. That said, uh, the reason why I want to talk about this concept today is because there is a prophecy that happened about 18 or 19 years ago to those dudes out in Bethel, out at Redding, California. The guys that we've been watching quite a bit, Bill, Bill Johnson had a, a prophecy spoken to him about 18 years ago, and it was about a city glorified. So this prophetic word was given to Bill uh, one of the a prophet guy came up to him. I can't remember how it was done, but the, the, basically this is, I, I wrote it down from them speaking it. Um, this is the word that was given to him. God is looking for one city that would be entirely his, that he could actually demonstrate to the world what it looks like for the kingdom, not Christianity, but the kingdom to be superimposed over a city for the benefit of its people, whether they be Christian or non-Christian. So that was a word that was spoken over Bill Johnson. And then later on that year, Bill and Chris were at a prayer meeting of leaders, like just Christian leaders around the California area and, and many other people. I think they said Graham Cook was there. Um, and Chris kind of described it as just a, you know, it was a leadership prayer meeting. It wasn't anything major. But a, a prophetic woman also came up to Bill and kind of whispered in his ear, this is the words, this is a quote from them, God is looking for one city that he could actually influence. And when that city came under the influence of the kingdom, there would be a domino effect that thousands of other cities would begin to fall under the power of God. The reason why I'm telling you their prophecy is because we were included in that prophecy, if you hadn't heard it. The very end of it says there would be a domino effect that thousands of other cities would begin to fall under the power of God. I believe... And this is what Bill told the lady when she was getting ready to say, I believe it's Reading. Bill said before her, I believe that city is Reading. And then she said, I believe that city is Reading. So what they're seeing there, this massive scale revival that's been going on for a long time that we're just getting to be a part of now. They've been working towards a lot of things. But their city, when, when this was prophesied over them, their city was the number two worst city to live in in the United States. And now it's one of the finest places to live. Um, so we have that. We have their word, the testimony of Jesus, spoken over them, becomes the, prof the, the prophetic word for us, becomes the spirit of prophecy for Grand Forks. This is the reason why this is so deep for me, because I know within every fiber of my being that our city is one that's going to come under the power of God simply because of the word spoken and simply because... It's just what I believe because I know that's what the Lord's speaking. Grand Forks is that city.
God wants to superimpose his kingdom over our city. And the testimony of Jesus in Reading has become the spirit of prophecy for Grand Forks. So declare it with me again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Just so we can get the idea of what this looks like. I know everybody understands what superimposed means, but I'm a photographer, so I thought it'd be fun. This artist took some World War II pictures, and then he went to the same locations and took pictures currently, and he superimposed them over the top. So that's one of the beaches from D-Day. So there's destruction, but superimposed over that is beauty. Here's another one of downtown in, uh, I believe this was in Germany. There it is again, destruction, but superimposed with the beauty that was restored. And this one's going to probably hit a little closer to home because a few of us were here when this happened. That's downtown. Those little brownstones right down on the corner of, uh, right, where is it? What's the street? Second Avenue, roughly. Those are those little apartments. That building used to be there. That's what happened in the flood, 97. This is what I'm talking about. Jesus wants to take the destruction, the ideas of our city, the chaos of our city. We've got a beautiful city, by the way, and it's a great place to live. But there's an underlying thing of addiction and mental illness and many things that I believe the Lord wants to change when he superimposes his power upon us. Um, the cool part about it is just as Pastor Terry was saying he taught us this really cool simple prayer your kingdom come your will be done so simple such a simple simple thing but inside of this simple little prayer is the answer to all our heartache all the physical ailments all the disease, all the mental illness that we talked about just a second ago, all the, just the spirit of murder, the spirit of death that's even over our nation that's trying to, to maintain this thing they're gripping so tightly to, to, to kill our babies. This is fun. This is what God's doing, and this is what he's going to do. But this is the cool part about that prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. You got a headache? What do you say? Your kingdom come. <laughs> it's really easy. Lost your job? Your kingdom come. Your son or your daughter has wander, wandered away from the Lord? Guess what? Your kingdom come. Your car broke down? Your kingdom come. Say it with me. Heartbroken? Your kingdom come. Overwhelmed? Guess what? Your kingdom come. Everything that you can think of, all the ideas, all, the, all your terrible things that come up in life, those things, that anxiety that separates us from God, all those things, all we got to do is say, speak it out loud, declare your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let it be done in my life. Let it be done in my life. Now we can apply this to our city. Divorce rate increasing guess what your kingdom come economy shrinking guess what your kingdom come crime rate increasing which we know that's happening across our city right now we've got weird stuff happening that we've never had because we're grand forks the reason why we live here is because we don't have gas stations getting robbed and people getting shot at right but that's happening so guess what crime rate increasing your kingdom come 
Bad year for the crops, your kingdom come. What has been spoken over us, it's been said in the paper. We're one of the number one cities for binge drinking. Guess what? Your kingdom come. A devastating flood. What we do? We prayed your kingdom come. And guess what? Our city is so much more beautiful than it was before. So much more exciting. So much more freedom to move about the city. We're, we feel safe because we built a giant wall. Because we prayed your kingdom come, your will be done. And guess what he does? He superimposes upon a city. He doesn't just come in and tell everybody what to do. It's not how he works. He gives us free will. But then when we pray your kingdom come, he comes in and he gives people the intelligence and the wisdom to do the works that he wants done in the city. So he's made our city beautiful. What a great place to live. We got some areas. We got some areas that we need to work on, right? So I wrote this down also so that I can get this right. He's the perfecter of our faith. But I wanted to say this to you. Let's sidestep and be real for just a minute. Because I know that it's weird. When we say your kingdom come, it doesn't always work. Right? It doesn't always work the way that we want it to. Sometimes we don't see the answer right away. Or sometimes we don't even see it at all. We have to protect ourselves from shaming ourselves or implicating guilt for that lack. Looking inward isn't where we find faith. Looking at ourselves isn't where we find faith. In these situations, we should push in harder and seek the face of he who is the author and perfecter of our faith in the matters even more. Those areas that we need him even more, we should push harder, seek his face longer, not striving but finding, I guess, if that makes sense. If we're lost, his face. If we can't find the answer, if we can't seem to figure it out, seek his face. There always is an answer. It's always there somewhere. So this leads to the next kind of piece of the puzzle of transforming our lives in such a way that we can be this catalyst for our city. Because we've prayed many years, we've prayed your kingdom come, your will be done in Grand Forks. But now we know that there's a step further that he wants to go, right? There's a step further. He wants to superimpose his absolute kingdom. We're one of those thousands of cities. There's millions of cities across the world, by the way. And the prophetic word was only thousands. Okay? There's probably thousands just in the state. Well, maybe not in North Dakota. (laughs) But there's... You know, there's other states that have thousands of cities. We probably had a couple hundred. We'll be good with that. And I, I like it that way, though. But uh, you know what I'm saying. You get the point. So how do we become a catalyst to the superimposing of his kingdom on earth? One of the ways I think that we do that is to build monuments, looking back so that we can look forward. It's an interesting thing. It's the spirit... It's a cool, that little verse that we read in the beginning is such a cool thing. That this, the, 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 the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when we, look, when we look to the past, we get to see the future. We get to see what's been prophesied over us. And, you know, Pastor Suzette said a lot of the things that I'm going to tell you about already because that's what was happening. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. That's what I was trying to tell you when we started. I believe that God's going to show us that he's always been there. That's, the, that's where we're at right now. I think he's going to just show us that he's always been there through all this, the thick and the thin and, 
I think he's going to show us that he's been here, that our history with him is his story within our lives. It's his story. Everything that we've gone through, good or bad in our lives, everything that we've walked through, the steps that we've taken to get to the place that we are right now, he was there. It's always been his story as long as we've been walking with him, of course. So, this is a really cool scripture. I'm going to bust out my Bible over here because it doesn't, it's just blurry on here for some reason. But, um, so yeah, our story. Hold on, I'm sorry. Cool stuff. So why don't you turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're going to be in verse 6. I think I put the, yeah, yeah. We're going to read verses 6 through 9, and we'll read 17. I got it in the New American Standard. Let's see what you can compare with if you got something different. So it starts in verse 6. It says, These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. I think I was forgetting to turn that for you. Um, Verse 17 says, You should diligently, oops, yeah, diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God, and his testimonies, and his statutes which he has commanded you. So I just thought this was a really cool thing, that this is what God was telling the children of Israel. He's basically telling them to build monuments. He's saying, keep everything. He told them, there's, there's other parts in there where he says to write it, you know, he's like, write it on your doorway before you leave. Write it down when, you know, speak about it in your dinner. When you're having dinner, talk about it. When you're, you know, driving in your car, talk about it. He didn't tell the children of Israel that, but he's telling us that. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you're, with, when you're with family, talk about the things God's done. Remember the things that God's done. When you're out with, you know, you're, when you're feeling down, remember what I've done. When you're feeling like, Everything in the world is sucking in around you and everything is failing around you. Remember what he's done. That's why we build these monuments so that we can look back at those moments and say, nope, I'm going to be okay. I know that I'm going to get through. I know that because he was faithful to me here, he's going to be faithful to me again. I have a few personal monuments. Mom was talking about our buildings. Those are monuments because God showed up, like she said, right? Those buildings that we've been in are monuments because God showed up. For me personally, one of my personal um, monuments is the fairgrounds. (laughs) Why the fairgrounds? Because that day when I was eight years old at a Lowell Lundstrom conference in the middle of the fairgrounds, I gave my life to Jesus for the first time. There was a couple times after that I had to do it again, but that was the first one. (laughs) But the fairgrounds, they're a monument. So I drive by there every day when I go to work and I look over and sometimes I remember, sometimes I don't. But when I drive by the fairgrounds, I think to myself, that's the day. That's the place I gave my life to you. That's a cool monument. Uh, Not one that doesn't have, well, it does involve God, but the Grand Colonial Hotel in La Jolla, California 
is where I married my beautiful wife. There's a monument. I can go online. If I ever forget how beautiful it was, I can go online, look at pictures, and remember. I was there, and I gave my life to my wife that day, just like I gave my life in the fairgrounds to the king. I was thinking about like the hospital on the Air Force Base where I had my first daughter. Monument. I might not ever see that one again, but it's there. You know, it's a monument. I can remember it. I can remember <laughs> the crazy events that led up to it. My insane wife shaving her legs while in labor because <laughs> that's the way she is. <laughs> Got to shave my legs before I go in there. She did it. I watched it. The whole thing went down. It was hilarious. Um, one of the places that this one doesn't necessarily, it does bring joy because of the memory, but 1224 Walnut. That was weird. wasn't expecting to feel that. Um, that's where Madeline lived, right? Hmm. Well, that's interesting. That's a monument to somebody that I love dearly, Lena's mom. My house currently is a monument. It's Lena and I's first real house together. I mean, we had a, you know apartments and stuff before while we were in the military still. But three of our other kids were born, not in the house, but were born when we lived there. Trinity made it all the way from being like two years old to being in high school there. And most recently, it's, been, it's become a monument to the wildly incredible, extravagant God that we serve because somebody obviously you guys know came in and paid our house off so when I go buy a new house it won't matter when I go buy other places across this city whenever I drive by that house I'm always going to be able to remember it's always going to be a monument to that provision it's always going to be there hopefully I guess it could something bad could happen but I'm still going to stay in possession of it so let's Let's hope it stays, let stays healthy. Yeah, the land won't move. We need to keep my house healthy. Keep my house healthy, Lord. Even when other people are living it, keep it healthy. So those are things. Right? So I was thinking about that. Like, even as I was saying that, you guys might even be having some of your own. You can write them down now, or you can write them down later. But I think you should write some down. Because one of the words that said in Deuteronomy was to write these things down and remember them. Remember your monuments. Remember the places. And some monuments, like, like mine, has a positive and a negative. You know, like the 1224 Walnut. I have a lot of memories, but I have, you know, the loss also. So there's a lot of different things that come. But write some down. Do them now, whatever. Go home. Write them down, but remember them, because they're the places that God showed himself to be faithful to you. So when we're building monuments, that's what we need to be doing. And we need to diligently keep his testimonies. And one of the, the two things that it stood out to me was that he says, remember and declare. 
to remember and declare them things. We're, we're to keep these things ever in front of us. We're to teach them to our kids, is one of the things it says. Uh, and I was thinking about that, like, when we teach to our kids, we can, it's like um, it become, it's another testimony. It's the testimony of Jesus that becomes the spirit of prophecy to them. Because I can say to my kids, you know, I remember when I was at the fairgrounds and I gave my life to the Lord. I remember when I was here. I remember when I was at that point. I remember when I was a kid growing up, one of the first, you know, like, there's this weird part of your life when you're a little kid where your parents could probably tell you everything, but you'll never remember any of it. Do you know what I mean? But then there's a moment where your mind starts to develop and you can catch up on things. But I remember one of the first times driving through Austin, where my mom and dad are from, Austin, Minnesota, I remember the first time that I caught up with their stories and started understanding. They would drive, they'd drive around town. We'd go from one place, you know, from my uncle's house to my other uncle's house as we were visiting. And dad would say, I did that right there. Or, I was, oh, there's over there is where we did this. Oh, there's Skinner's Hill. We used to go sledding over there. And like, you know, like all these different, they're monuments that we have in our lives that we have to remember and always put in front of us. But those things become like, and the cool part about it is, as, as my dad tells me the stories of the things that he's done in that city, they become my stories. Because I'm linked in that way to him. We're linked to our family in such a way that that story becomes my story. That when, I, when I'm sledding down a hill at Lincoln Park, I can remember that he sled down a hill at Skinner Park, or Skinner Hill, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, those things become testimony to us that begin, they prophesy to our lives. It's a really cool, neat thing. And we're just, this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to dig wells. We're supposed to just open up the areas of water that can come into our lives. The, you know, the Spirit's always indicated kind of as water throughout, this, throughout the Bible. And so they talk about digging wells, opening up those areas, and they would dig wells and they would build monuments in those areas where they would dig wells back in the day. You know, and uh, that's kind of what these things. So then we they could travel from one well to the next and feed their, you know, or not uh, give give themselves drink. And that's one of the areas that we we need to just start working on. So new lifers, I'm here to remind you today of who we are, what God has prophesied over us, and what our testimony is and is. And like I said, my mom already spoiled them, so whatever. I'll just skip over. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, I will. I'm just joking. Um, new life, one of the things that we know for sure is this is something that Pastor Terry's spoken through just wisdom from the Lord. We're a house of worship, we're to be a house of teaching, and we're to be a house of healing. I say it all the time, because every time I'm going to stand here, I'm going to remind you, those three things, that's what new life is about. House of worship, house of healing, house of teaching. That's who new life is. One of the other things that's been spoken over new life is that we're to be a place where people come and say, what must I do to be saved? And I think that's coming up on one of the prophetic words that is for our city, a city of refuge. Our house in the middle of this city of refuge is going to be a house of refuge in the middle of the city of refuge, if that makes sense. A place where people come and their lives are restored, their bodies are healed. They're just, this is the place. Not the building like we're talking about, 
but these people in this room and the others that are going to continue to fill these seats. That's us, the new lifers. And also we're called to be a city on a hill, a flaming beacon for our city that's been spoken over our church. It was spoken over our church that there would be visible. And I believe that one. It's like long, it's old. That's an old one, like 10 or, I don't know, it's not that old. But it's like 10 years old, probably, 9, 10 years old, that we're going to be a place that has a visible flame upon it, that people see it and they're going to flock to it. And there's evidence of this. There's the spirit of test, the spirit of uh, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. There's been some places that there's a place in South America. I think it was in Brazil. Um, there was one of them was in Brazil where they had almost every weekend they had fire trucks called to their church because they had this second floor storefront and it looked like the place was on fire when they were in worshiping. And so fire trucks were called there multiple times. So I'm hoping that we get fire trucks called here. Because guess what? I'm serious. Because guess what fire trucks do? They bring people out. They're going to come out on the street. They're going to go, oh, man, that church is burning down. And we're going to be like, woo, playing in here and dancing and loving it. You know what I'm saying? So let it come. Let it be. Let it be. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. So like I said, our... Our house, we have our things. We're a house of worship, a house of teaching, a house of uh, um, healing. Good grief. I've said that thing. I've prayed that every single day of my life, but I'm standing here so it doesn't come out. Uh, Grand Forks, we're to be a city of refuge. That one's been spoken many times. It's one that we've heard on multiple occasions. And I really think as the world is turning, <laughs> um, the way the world is going, I really believe that we're going to have people that are escaping California and they're going to find refuge in us. They're going to escape New York and they're going to find refuge in us. They're going to escape these cities that are allowing chaos to run in their streets and they're going to come and they're going to find peace here because we're going to be a place that the presence of God and the kingdom of God is superimposed upon our city. Grand Forks, again, these are the new ones. Because I'm taking that one that they got 18 years ago. That's ours. That prophecy is 18 years old over our city, whether we like it or not. That we're going to be a place where the kingdom of God is superimposed upon it in such a way that it looks completely different from any other city in our region. They're going to notice a distinct difference between Fargo and here. Because the presence of God is going to be here. They're going to notice between Bismarck and here. And people are going to come. And they're going to find refuge here. And then one of the things that I pray frequently... A place where the presence of God rests. That's one I've been praying, so this superimposed thing works out. But I want, this, I want our city to be a place where God rests, and I believe that's a prophetic prayer that the Lord's been having me pray. And what I mean by that is I think what I thought about was like the dove that, was, that Noah yeah. sent out, right? This is how I vision this. The dove would leave the ship or the ark, and it would fly around looking for land, looking for somewhere good, looking all that. And he wouldn't find it, and he'd come back. And he'd come back because he needed to, he needed to land. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He needed to rest. And obviously we know the Lord doesn't need to rest. He doesn't need a break. But he does because on the seventh day. So I take that back. He does need a break. 
And this is the place he's going to break. How about that? He's going to, this is going to be his resting place. And he's going to go out across our, our, our city. He's going to go out of, of uh, our state. He's going to go from this place, but he's always going to come back and rest here upon our city. Hope that made sense. You can have things in your head, but it doesn't matter when you try to say them. <laughs> That's why I write them down. See, that was when I, if there's a paragraph, that means I can't say this right, so I'll write it down. So here it says, <laughs> this is my prophetic word for our city, our grand city, is to be a place where the presence of God rests. I see this as the dove released from the ark. The dove would go out and fly around and return to the ark for rest. This is the call of our city, our grand city. This is a place of rest for the Holy Spirit. He will sweep out over our region from our city and impact the region, but he will always be resting here, our city, our grand city, a place of peace and rest. See, it makes better sense when I don't try to say it. (laughs) Yeah. Now we need to turn to Isaiah 61. Yeah, everybody knows it. If you don't know it, there's the door. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) So anyways, how does this apply to me? Starting in verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord of God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting, so they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Then they will rebuild the ancient... Uh, where did I go? Yeah, where'd it go? Oh, there. Then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. Then they will raise up the former devastations. And they will repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. They, they, they. He said it three times. That's you, you, you. Jesus came and he said, I am, I'm the, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me so that they can be glorified, so that they can rebuild ancient ruins so that they will raise up the former devastations and they will repair the ruined cities. That's us. Because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. We can say to our city, He's done it before and He's done it for me. We can say to the people of our city and we can say it to our city, our city. Like we can speak to our city just like we can speak to mountains. We can speak to our city and say He's done it before. He's turned the number two city, worst city to live in in America. He's turned it into a place of beauty. He's turned it into a place where um, well, Bill was telling a story about how he went and took some, some people to one of their nicer restaurants and he was so astounded by the, the treatment that he got by the people that worked there in their restaurants. He was so fascinated by it. He went to the owner of the place and said, you know, I really want to just thank you 
What you've got going on here is really nice. Your people are working so hard for us. They work so well and they're so confident and they have such a great, you've got such great service here. And the manager, the owner of the place turned back to him and said, well, you taught him. That's what I want for our city. He, their people in the restaurants act certain ways because of how their super, the, the kingdom is being superimposed on the city of Reading through the people of Bethel. That's what I want here. That's what I want so badly here. I want this to be a place to where everybody notices. Even if, you know, and the thing, here's the thing, you know, you want everybody to be saved, but it's just not going to be that way. We're going to have some businesses that are owned by people who aren't Christians. And we're going to have some places, but the, the impact that we have on them, regardless if they come to Christ or not, they will act out of the kingdom that's superimposed on our city. Even though they may, they may not want to, but it's going to happen. They're going to be impacted in such a way that they say, man, that, those new lifers, man, those guys changed everything. I remember 2018, and now it's 2024, and I remember. That's my faith. That's my faith. And the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. We've seen him do it before, so we can see him do it again. And so how this applies to us, if you've been healed... They, you, are now a healer. If you've been restored, you're now a restorer. If you've been delivered, you're now a deliverer. If you've been saved, you're now a saver, a rescuer, however you'd like to look at it. It's God that does the, the thing, but we do the work. Make sense? We, if you've been healed, you have the power and you have the testimony of Jesus to begin to be the spirit of prophecy to the one who has, that needs healing now. It's like Lena with the plantar fasciitis. Like she was healed of plantar fasciitis. She now has authority in that realm. Anybody who has foot issues, she can, has authority in that area because she's seen it happen. And the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So she could say, do it again. So if you're a healer, if you've been healed, you're a healer. Restored, you're a restorer. If you've been delivered, you're now a deliverer. It's one of the reasons why, it's probably one of the reasons why people say this is a pure place. is because we do deliverance like it's nobody's business around here. We keep the place clean. You know what I'm saying? We don't let them come back. We just don't. And it's one of the things that we're proud of. But guess what? Those miracles are in the same sentence when Jesus says, heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. The same sentence. So we've got to step out in the healing areas and we've got to step out in the cleansing of the lepers and raising the dead. Find it. Look for it. Get out so that we can have a city transformed and superimposed. We're called to this new life. We're called to build up, raise up, and repair. The only requirement, this is where it's going to, this is really easy too. It's a really easy requirement. Radical obedience. <laughs> Super easy. It's one of the easiest things, I'm sure. Radical obedience. But Jesus only supports those who meditate and walk in his ways. So radical obedience positions us for victory and expands our trust in him. It's like with, you know, with my kids. When they're radically obedient to me, I want to buy them Dairy Queen you get what I'm saying? It's true. But when they're radically disobedient, 
I want to lock them in their rooms. So you know what I'm saying? That's the same thing with him. (laughs) It's the same thing with God. When we're radically obedient to him, he wants to buy us Dairy Queen, and he wants to give us his kingdom superimposed upon our city. That's my Dairy Queen. His kingdom superimposed upon our city in such a way that everything changes. So John chapter 17, we're not going to go there. Everybody kind of knows this one. You can read it if you want to. But Jesus prays, let me be glorified so that you can be glorified. And then he later on says, and in me let them be glorified so that you can be glorified. So that's, that's where we've come. After all those things they've said, the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. We're saying, do it again. We want to see his kingdom superimposed upon our city. But we have to pray. We have to become a part of it. We have to become a catalyst. We have to become those who are walking around our city just proclaiming your kingdom come, your will be done. And it starts here in this building. It starts in your homes. It starts in this building. From here is where it's all going to spread. That's my belief. That's my faith. That the people in this room are the catalysts and those who call new life home. We are the catalyst for the transformation of our city. But it starts with us praying, God, glorify us so that you can be glorified. Let our, let our building burn without burning so that you can be glorified. Let us be a house of worship in such a way that you're glorified. We do that really well. Let us be a house of teaching. We also do really well so that you can be glorified. Let us be a house of healing so that you can be glorified. So I'm just going to pray over us and then we'll just close it up. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for your grateful, your gratefulness. You're great. You're just exciting. Your your power. I thank you for your name. I thank you that we can declare your name on any issue, on any element of our lives. We can declare your name, Father. Help us to be radically obedient. Help the people in this room to be radically obedient to you. Help us to meditate on your word. Help us to stand firm in your glory. Help us to stand firm on what you've called us to be, a house of worship, house of teaching, house of healing. Lord, and when, when uh, Pastor Suzette was talking about corporate blessings that are upon us, corporate words, that's a corporate word. We don't have to come to this building to be a house of worship, a house of teaching, and a house of healing. This is where we come to build. This is where we come to Oh, this is where we come to be healed ourselves. But when we walk out the door, we're also a house of worship, a house of healing, and a house of teaching. God, help us to teach our city. Help us to heal our city. Help us worship in our city, all across our city. Let us worship just by speaking your name when we're in a store, by speaking your name, your name over a person in the parking lot, by speaking your name everywhere we go. We bring your presence with us, Lord. We bring your presence and your Holy Spirit in us, so let us just let it consume our city. Lord, let us be the spark everywhere we go. Let us be the place. Let us be the ones that bring this change, this transformation of our city. Let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, let the people people in this room be glorified so that you can be glorified. Lord, let your glory rest upon us like it rested upon 
All those in the past that we remember, all their stories on those monuments we built, Smith Wigglesworth, Evans, you know, all the different people, Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, all those people, David, we lay upon them, we lay upon their, their, their words and we say, Lord, let the testimony of your life in those people, let the testimony of Jesus in, in those lives, let them become the spirit of prophecy for us. Lord, let us come alive, let us come awake, let us be just shook by who you are this morning so that we have go out to be radically obedient children. And then, Lord, give us our dairy queen. Just give us our kingdom. Give us your kingdom. Let it be known in this city. Amen. Come on. Awesome, awesome word.